Sorry to draw those conversations to a close. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. Better late than never. Thank you very much. Um, uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Jamie Mulvaney. I'm an associate minister here at this church. And if you're here for the first time or if you've joined us uh, recently, as Jago was, was talking about before, really warm welcome. Thank you so much for coming uh, here today. We're going to look at the Bible. Would you like to grab those um, red Bibles that are at the ends of your pews? And we're looking at Matthew chapter 2. Uh, which is on page 966. Page 966. Matthew chapter 2. And it's a story that I think most of us will know very, very well. Um, Let's have a look at what Matthew has to write. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the, people, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of, Judea, of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's pray. Father, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you'd be at work in each one of us. You'd be at work in me as I speak. You'd be at work in all of us as we hear what it is that you have to say to us at the beginning of this new year. And we pray that Jesus would be glorified this morning and always. Amen. Well, happy new year again. Um, I I know that... uh, a new year can sort of be a bit of a mixed bag, can't it? And, um, and we have uh, experts and gurus and all sorts of people presenting us with bright ideas on how we are to begin a new year. And uh, today is in the church calendar, it's Epiphany, and it seems to me that we have three wise men already, thank you very much. Um, so what's the Christian approach to a new year? What's the Christian approach to 2019? And we can learn a lot from the Magi in their journey as we too journey in this life of faith. So the first thing that we learn is to start where you are, to start where you are. We read there in verse 1 that the Magi, they started in the east. 
Now, the Magi, they weren't where the, where the shepherds were or where the angels were or where Mary and Joseph were. They, they were in the east, but they ended up in the same place. And the east probably wasn't the best place to start a journey to Bethlehem. But nevertheless, that's where they were and that's where they began. And God came and found them in a star. On Thursday, I was in deepest, darkest Suffolk, and I was sat by a roaring fire, and uh, I was setting my sights on 2019. And I had a Bible, I had a book, I had my journal with all my thoughts and notes from 2018, and then I turned the page to 2019, and uh, I, uh, I was sat there by the fire, and I had a cream tea, and, uh, and then I had a, a local ale, not at the same time. Um, but I made, a, I made a really, you know, big day of it. And I love the start of a new year. But I think some of you perhaps, are, perhaps think, well, actually, I can't make a fresh start this year. I can't have a clean slate. I've sort of got to claw some ground back before I can begin afresh. Or if you've never known God, you're sort of thinking, oh, I need to sort of get myself ship-shaped in order to face up to Jesus. And perhaps you're thinking, well, life didn't quite work out as I'd hoped in 2018. I wish that I was further along in my relationship with God, or that my career was different, or that my relationship status was different, or uh, that my children were different, or that my income was different. And a new year can sort of seem like a fairly sort of arbitrary line in the sand to draw when you've still got gaping wounds from the previous year, when there's still things that are unresolved. But God connects with the Magi, with people that are way beyond the in-crowd, people that are Gentiles. He connects with them exactly where they are. And he brings them to the point that he wants to get them to. At the start of a new year, allow Jesus to find you exactly where you are. You can't give Jesus the person that you hope you might one day be. Jesus doesn't want a better version of you. All Jesus wants is you. Exactly how you are, exactly where you are today. And he will bring you to the place that he wants to get you to. I love uh, what Oscar Wilde said. He said, uh, we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars. Begin where you are. That's the first thing. And the second thing is this, is be ready for anything. Be ready for anything. Is this going to be uh, just another year, or do you want to go on an adventure of faith? I think we have an answer. Excellent. Good. Um, and because, you know, we, we could approach this year in just an, another normal old year, and then sort of bore the future generation senseless with stories of, of how God empowered us to upgrade our Volvo to a BMW. I mean, wow. Or we could go on an adventure of faith. And I, I wonder, do you uh, face a new year with, with anticipation? Or do you face a new year with trepidation? Perhaps a bit of both. We try to sort of glam up this story of the Magi, don't we? You know, they see a star in the east and they hop on a camel and suddenly they're in Bethlehem. But it's not as simple as that, is it? I mean, for a start, the, the star it sort of disappears and then it reappears. 
Because in verse 10 we read that they um, were overjoyed. The Magi were overjoyed when they saw the star again. And the path ahead this year is not always going to be clear, is it? There's so much that we're hoping for, so much that we're praying for in, in our lives, in the lives of this church, that, that might seem in the dark. There are so many unknowns in the life of this country. We don't know how things are going to work out. We don't know what's around the corner. And then there's the problem of Herod. Herod will do anything to stop Jesus being glorified. And let's be very, very clear at the start of this new year, not to be fearful, but if you seek to follow Jesus closely and intimately and obediently, you will find yourself, you will find yourself opposed. You will find yourself coming up against an enemy. And you have an enemy who does, who does not want Jesus glorified in 2019. And Herod, he does not have the Magi's best interests at heart. Or as the singer James Taylor puts it, a king who would slaughter the innocents would not cut a deal for you. And the enemy's attacks, they're a combination of of both the very, very blatant, but also the subtle. Just before Advent, I went away on uh, on holiday. And um, on holiday, I, I sort of found myself thinking... Here we go again, Christmas 2018. You know, do I really have the energy to do all this again? You know, all the services, all the activity, all the stuff. And then I realized, well, that's a subtle attack of the enemy. The enemy, he doesn't want Jesus being glorified. He doesn't want Jesus being worshipped. He doesn't want people coming from the fringes, from the outskirts, coming to know him and to love him. T.S. Eliot, he wrote a poem from the perspective of one of the the Magi. And he says that there was a voice always whispering in their ears, saying this was all folly. And the enemy wants you to settle for less this year. He wants you to settle for less than the adventure of faith. And he will use whatever he can, whether it's temptation, whether it's, it's apathy, whether it's going for the bare minimum, he will use whatever it is to stop Jesus being glorified. And this is about you and me being as wise as a serpent, but as innocent as a dove. So I guess that's the negative. What about the positive? How do we journey? How how do we do that? Well, God, he provides us with enough light for the next step. Even though the the star had disappeared in in verse 5, we see the, the chief priests and the teachers, they know the Magi should be headed for Bethlehem, for this is what the prophet has written. And we have the Bible, don't we? This is your roadmap in 2019. This book is jam-packed with God's promises and plans and purposes for your life. You and I would do well to pay very, very close attention to this book this year. And then the the Magi, well, they, they had each other, didn't they? They weren't just doing this journey alone. And When you journey with other people and you go through the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs, you get to know each other very quickly, don't you? And if you're not in a connect group, can I encourage you to to commit to a connect group, to commit to journey with a group of people that are going to encourage you and spur you on in this adventure of faith. So we have the Bible, we have each other, and then we have a God who can do anything. 
at just the right moment, in verse 9, the star appeared. At just the right moment, in verse 12, God warned them in a dream. People often ask me, uh, what made you decide to become a vicar? Um, and I really think that's the wrong question to ask. It's, it's not sort of something I just sort of thought up as a nice idea on a rainy afternoon. God interrupted me. He put me on a different track, and I've just got far too much evidence in my life of God leading me, of guiding me to places and to things that I wasn't expecting. And we see in verse 12 that, well, the Magi, they, they are warned in a dream to go via a different route. And this really being ready for anything. Well, this is all about going out into the darkness and putting your hand into the hand of God, which is better than light and safer than a known way. So start where you are. Be ready for anything. And thirdly, focus on Jesus. The Magi's journey was not aimless. Their whole journey was shaped by a destination in mind. To search for a king was their intent. But not just to search for a king. We see there right from verse 2 that they say that we saw his star and we have come to worship him. Your journey and my journey is the, well, it's the same as the Magi's. It's a journey all the way to worshipping Jesus face to face. And when they arrive in Bethlehem in verse 11, they bring those very famous gifts. And those gifts tell us a lot about how we can focus on Jesus in 2019. There's myrrh. And myrrh is actually really about Jesus' journey. Because Jesus' journey has been to hell and back. And so when you stuff up and screw up and sin, and when the enemy accuses you this year, Jesus is your guy. Jesus has faced the death that you and I deserve for all those wrongs. The answer to your problems this year is not any form of self-help. But it's God's help. You have no gifts to bring rub-pa-rub-pa-pum-pum. I'm really sorry, that wasn't very called for. <laughs> um, but it's, it's receiving a gift. It's receiving a gift, isn't it? It's not about us bringing a gift, but it's us receiving a gift. Receiving this grace, and then God transforming us from the inside out. This baby was... Born, that man no more may die. And when we make Jesus' death the main thing in our life, well, that's when we really see that our lives are actually all about all the people that we will have been bringing with us along the journey to worship Jesus face to face. And then there's incense. And incense was used in the temple to symbolize prayer. And Jesus is the one who connects you to God. And this year, you will not find God in ritual. You will not find God in yoga. You will not find God in a building. 
you will find God in Jesus and Jesus Christ alone. And he is the one who connects you to God. And you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So wherever you go this year, you have a chance to communicate with God through Jesus, because Jesus is your relationship with God. I've just been reading uh, Red Moon Rising by Pete Gregg, who's the director of of 24-7 Prayer. And in it, he writes this. The vision is Jesus, obsessively, dangerously, undeniably Jesus. My tomorrow is his today. My distant hope is his 3D. And my feeble, whispered, faithless prayer invokes a thunderous, resounding, bone-shaking great amen from countless angels, from heroes of the faith, from Christ himself. I want to spend more time with Jesus in prayer this year. Maybe this is the year that you commit to coming along to our prayer meeting, our first prayer meeting of the year is this Wednesday. So that's incense. And then there's gold. At the time of Jesus' birth, you can actually you can read all the, the, the main historians, and uh, there are all sorts of prophecies and, and expectations around um, what was going on in the sky. And in 44, in the year 44 BC, Caesar Augustus, he, he claimed that um, a comet in the sky that sort of lasted for about a week, that, that comet symbolized that he, the emperor, had become God. But as the Magi followed a flicker of a star, that star symbolized that God had indeed become man. And so in verse 11, these Magi, they turned their posture from looking up at the stars to bowing down in worship, in worshiping Jesus. So not just offering gold, which is, I guess, what you'd give a king, but offering themselves. And so however wise these men were before, they were truly wise now. And they're so different to Herod. They're so different to King Herod, who was a king who killed members of his own family because he was so paranoid. And so when the Magi arrive at the palace and ask where the king is, the guy sitting on the throne is going to be quite annoyed. Are you living as a king in your own palace? Is Jesus your spiritual advisor, or is he your king? Is he your Lord? At the start of 2019, you and I can say to God, Jesus, you are so much better at running my life than I am. Be Lord in my life, be my king. And that is true worship. And we know that the, um, the angels, they tell the shepherds that the birth of this baby Jesus is good news that will be of great joy for all the people. And in our passage, in, in verse 10, when the Magi saw the star, they were overjoyed. And this year, twists and turns, trials and temptations, they're going to be inevitable. But having joy is not inevitable. Joy is a choice. And we live one day at a time, don't we? And the secret to this journey of faith, the secret of living day by day in this adventure, in this journey of faith, 
is to enjoy the journey. And the only surefire way to do that, the only surefire way to enjoy the journey is to make Jesus your savior, is to make him your relationship with God, and it's to make him your king. Jesus is your joy. How do we have a wise new year? Well, we start where we are. We get ourselves ready for anything. And we make it all about Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you like to stand as the band come up? Jesus is our relationship with God. He is the one who connects us to him. And as we come before him now, he has sent us his Holy Spirit. And as we were praying earlier, God will have been at work by his Holy Spirit. And what we want to do now is to start 2019, just as we are, not putting on any brave faces, not putting on any masks, but just let's do a bit of business with God at the beginning of this new year. Maybe you're here today and you've never encountered God and God wants to meet you exactly where you are. And can I invite you, whether it's for the first time or for the 10,000th time, to open yourself up to God now and just to say, God, would you come and be king? Would you come and be Lord in my life? You might want to hold out your hands. Um, You don't have to. Again, as I said before, there's no ritual. For me, I hold out my hands because I know that I don't have any gifts to bring God, but I want to receive from him. I want to be open-handed for whatever he has for my life. I want him to be my Lord. So God, would you come by your Holy Spirit now? Stir in us, we pray. You might want to just follow along with me as I pray now, silently. God, I, I, we, we begin this new year just so aware of our need for you and Perhaps the the raw material of our lives isn't particularly great, but we offer our lives to you afresh this year. Thank you that you meet us exactly where you are, where we are. And God, all the mess, all the stuff, all the baggage and sin, God, would you take that? We turn to you this year. And we're sorry when we've been living as kings in our own palaces. And God, we want to say, be our king this year. Be our Lord. God, by your Holy Spirit, would you be showing each one of us now what are the things that we need to put in place to be ready for anything this year? God, thank you that you have defeated death in Jesus. Thank you for the victory we have in Jesus. And so we ask for your protection and your covering of your blood over each one of us this year. God, make us as wise as serpents and as innocent as doves. Help us to be tuned in to the way that you're leading us and guiding us. Make us interruptible. 
Make us people that look back on this year and see your faithfulness. We see the adventure. God, draw us, draw the people around us. God, would you use us to draw the people around us to worship Jesus? God, thank you that this is all grace. Thank you, Jesus, that you are enough. It might be a new year, but you are the same God, yesterday, today, and forever. Amen.